Hey, Kevin Draves here with the Howl for Diamond Box Bluetooth speakers. I got to tell you, I play basketball at the gym down the road for me all the time. And sometimes I go late at night. I bring my Diamond Box. And now they're introducing three new systems. The new L2, XL2, and M2 all feature stereo sound by themselves or split stereo sound with wireless syncing of two units for a live sound experience. Loud enough for any environment. And I kid you not, you could play this at low volume and you'll hear it in any room of your house. This is the most powerful Bluetooth boombox speaker on the market today. Check them out on Twitter at Diamond Box Co. That's box with two X's, Diamond Box Co. Tonight, you folks at home and we here in the Coliseum will watch history in the making. The first game ever for the Minnesota Timberwolves. the den this is the howl we would like to welcome you to the nothing but net channel here on dash radio nothing but net is a channel like no other featuring all teams and all topics on everybody's favorite sport basketball the howl is also a proud member of clns media network and can be found on clnsmedia.com as well as podient itunes stitcher and google play the Howl is also produced with thanks to our wonderful supporting partners, Rhyme Sayers Entertainment, the pinnacle of underground hip-hop worldwide, Studio 23, where passion reigns supreme, and Isabel Street Heat, adding a bit of spice into your everyday life. All audio equipment on The Howl is brought to you by Rode Microphones, studio quality with easy accessibility since 1967. All right, so jumping into the next game on the Wolves schedule. The Wolves took on the Sacramento Kings. The last time these two teams met is pretty much the reason why Jimmy Butler is no longer a Timberwolf. We lost. We looked terrible against the Kings, and that was what ended up doing it. Tom Thibodeau realized at that point that the Wolves could not have Jimmy Butler play another game for us, and the rest is history, and ultimately really changed the direction of this franchise, I think, for the better. Unfortunately, we've been on a little bit of a rough patch as of late. Part of that coincides with 
Robert Covington not being 100% healthy, that has been pretty obvious as I'm watching most of these games. Now, while we're going through this game's review, keep in mind, as we always do, we are 2K19 live simming in the background the next game, which is the Wolves taking on the Phoenix Suns, a game that if you have any chance of keeping your job, Tom Thibodeau, long-term, I'm telling you, you can't lose to the Phoenix Suns. They are a bad basketball team, and you are way better than them, way more talented. They've got a lot of young pieces that I think the future is bright as a result. I mean, they are the Phoenix Suns, so pun intended, but... My point being, while they have a future that is bright, their current is not. So the Wolves most definitely have to win that game, and hopefully 2K19 agrees. Although, as of recently, 2K19 agree or disagree, 2K19 has definitely liked us a little more than they probably should, apparently, because they're giving us wins that we, in the end, do not end up getting. Starting this one, Towns is going for his longest streak of seven straight 25-plus games against one team. So this would be number seven against the Sacramento Kings if he can get 25 or more points in this one. Towns' last three games in general, 28.3 points per game, 58.8 field goal percentage, and 11 rebounds per game. Let's see that streak continue. Double-double, 28 points. Let's continue that get another three to keep that streak going and let's get a win for the Timberwolves Fox has been dominating the court the last seven games so you have to stop him almost 20 points per game over that stretch he continues to play well we start off this one Saric uh by the way a plus 10 net rating second on the team since the trade that we mentioned earlier that's going to be important to watch going into this one also we could be looking at a belly revenge game and as the team's Take the court, and the game starts off. That makes a lot of sense as he scores the first points at the line as the Wolves fall asleep on defense. Hopefully that is not going to be a trend and hopefully as a mirage going forward. But early on, the Wolves definitely losing sight a bit. 8-4, Kings early lead. Wolves are missing good looks, and this is starting to look just like the Warriors game where the Wolves are missing good looks. They were struggling a bit at times on defense. Again, too much ball watching as of late. Now, not as a whole. Wiggins, Towns, you're seeing some great defensive efforts from certain players, but not as a whole team. And that has to change if we're going to have any chance of winning this one. But definitely 8-4 to Kings early lead. Jumping ahead, Kings are up 11-4. to So we talk about comparisons to that Warriors game, and you're really seeing it here as you get into a pretty large hole. Now, if you want to include... Teague over-dribbling again. This is especially all too familiar to the most recent losses the Wolves have had. So far, Kings definitely seem to want it more, but the Wolves are able to fight despite not looking great and all of a sudden, one-point game. So the Wolves are not out of it yet, but again, long ways to go. Kings, however, putting on a clinic as far as passing is concerned. The Wolves still ball-watching too much. You talk about how incredibly fast De'Aaron Fox is, but speaking of fast, this Kings team, super fast with their ball movement, good decisions, willing to make those extra passes, and it's very crisp, and this is a brand of basketball I really like. Minnesota native Dave Yeager is their coach, and I'm a huge fan of his, despite the fact that he you know, kind of screwed us over when he was in Memphis, and he 
agreed to take the job with Minnesota. Obviously, things didn't work out there. But I like what he's done, and he's showing just how good a young team can be with good coaching. Uh, One interesting tidbit from this game, they talked about how about a week before the regular season started, and you talk about how Dave Yeager didn't really necessarily have a plan or a goal at that point for how he wanted this team to play. Clearly, at this point, he has changed things as they have looked very good. Definitely one of the better stories going into this season. The Kings are 14-12 and 12 coming into this one. Kings, again, uh, like we said, really able to push the issue because they've shown a propensity to be able to hit three-point shots, which has been a big part of it. But on top of that, they've been able to be fast and be consistent because De'Aaron Fox is able to push the pace. Wiggins' last three games, we talked about Towns earlier, but Wiggins' last three games, 22 points per game, 48.1 field goal percentage, 5.3 rebounds per game. Wiggins has been fantastic, not only on the offensive end, which is what most of these statistics focus on, but defensively, he is a completely different player. And night in, night out, we're getting that aggressive Wiggins on both ends. Hopefully, that continues And going into this Kings game, we're going to need play like that if we have any chance. We also need Robert Covington, who lately has seemed not like himself, to find a way back into the good play. Thibs trying to jumpstart things as he brings in Dario Scharch and Derrick Rose early. Just 5.30 left in the first. Normally those guys are not coming in, first of all, at the same time. But they're also not normally coming in this soon necessarily. Especially Scharch. So that's something to watch for. Teague. Watching him on the defensive end, we talk about how fast Fox is. Teague has no chance. Even if Teague was a good defender, and he's not, believe me, even if he was, there's just no chance. Fox is way too fast, especially Teague has a very slow first step. So that's going to be part of the issue, too, is when you're watching those two guys, Teague is able to, uh, is able to maybe uh, you know get some defense, but the second Fox decides to drive, that first step, He's so much further ahead of Jeff Teague. Now, we've talked about this in the past. If you're playing basketball and if you're not the fastest defender, the key for me when you're playing defense, your first step always has to be backwards. Maybe even your first few steps in Teague's case in this instance. But he doesn't figure that out. And it's going to be tough as Fox is able to drive if he really wants to. Maybe not at will, but he definitely has a big advantage there. One thing to watch for, not only if you're going to rewatch this game, but in future games, Wiggins' defensive footwork is a masterpiece. He is able to slide, boom, boom, back, forward. He's able to go side to side. A lot of what we're talking about with Teague, Jeff Teague can't do, but Wiggins is doing it. And it's it's so fantastic to watch, whether that's closing out on three-point shooters and actually getting into a defensive stance, or whether it's just being able to take a guy one-on-one and actually play solid defense man-to-man. That's going to be huge to watch for going forward. But I've been so impressed by him on that end of the court. And defensive footwork is not something you just can do. Not everyone has it, but Wiggins is able to fight through, and he looks really good doing it. Wiggins with a quick drive past Shumpert, and with 2.05 left in the first, the Wolves down just one again, 24-25. Wolves have actually made their their last five attempts from the field. Jang then hits a corner three, and boom, tie game at 27 with a minute 30 left in that first quarter. Unfortunately, though, a few plays later, a technical foul on Andy Greer, Not really sure why he gets this foul and 
both Dave Benz and Jim Pete weren't really sure, but man, did Andy Greer look angry when they showed him. That, plus now you have a 5-0 run by the Kings, and all of a sudden, boom, Wolves are down 6. So all of a sudden, it's 33-27 as the first is coming to a close. And the final, actually, after one is 35-31. Kings leading only four. Feels like it should be a lot worse. Wolves, I think, very fortunate to only be down four points after the first quarter. Jim Pete touches in the second quarter about Jang's mid-range shooting. Jang takes a mid-range shot, does end up making it, right as Jim Pete's talking about how Jang shouldn't take those shots. Jang is weird because just two years ago, when Jang took a three-point shot, or sorry, a a two-point shot, the mid-range shot, you almost always felt like it was going in. He was so reliable. I just don't see that anymore consistently. And Jim P points out how a lot of times what happens with Jang is Jang will take that mid-range shot when he's been in for a little while, misses it, and immediately gets pulled. How about we do the same thing for when Jeff Teague dribbles like an idiot? When Jeff Teague dribbles around for an entire shot clock, why doesn't he get pulled? Why aren't other players held to this same standard? Now, Andrew Wiggins is playing really, really good right now, and so he was able to play through a lot of that, uh, those junk shots, but you're still seeing it every now and then. Wiggins is another player that just was not held to that standard with mid-range shots. I do wish Tom Thibodeau did a better job in terms of coaching the team as opposed to coaching just s- s- like specific players. Maybe that'll change down the road, but I don't see any way that that changes. Akogi comes in this one and looks fantastic. And you start to wonder again, is Rocco maybe not 100%? Because he's getting minutes, Okogi is with the bench, that normally would go to Robert Covington. As we tend to move guys around and mix and match a bit with the starters in the bench, Rocco being one of those players that generally gets put with the bench a little bit, and it works well. Okogi in this case does the same, also looks well. Wolves able to take a lead 37-35 to with 10-30 left in the second. A good back and forth is what keeps things interesting in this one, especially in that second quarter. Back and forth, back and forth. Both teams able to take leads. Unfortunately, the Kings are definitely still playing at a higher level, and they're able to take a four- to six-point lead right off the bat when the Wolves falter at all, and that continues to be an issue. Looking in at our simulation, it is not good so far for the Wolves. With 1.30 left in the first quarter, Wolves down 10-4 to to the Suns here in Phoenix. Wolves making Yogi Ferrell look like an all-star. 49-43, Wolves down, and Thibs calls a timeout. But Yogi Ferrell is putting on a clinic, whether it's threes, whether it's setting guys up. He looks fantastic. Now, I really liked him when he was with the Dallas Mavericks. I can't say that I've watched him much with the Kings, but he's not as good as we're making him look. And the Wolves need to figure this out and figure out what they're missing if they're going to find a way to win this game. Speaking of Wolves, 13-6 to now. Phoenix is beating this, the Minnesota Timberwolves in this simulation. It's another team. So virtual Wolves, much like the Wolves in the Kings game, need to find a way to right this ship. Coming out of the timeout, a few plays later, Rose drives a horrible offensive foul call on Derrick Rose. They call him on the offensive foul saying he used his off arm. They show the replay, and it's clear as day he's fouled and doesn't do a thing. Absolutely terrible call. When you're calling a push-off, it better be blatant because it's not called that often. But, man, they've been calling plays like this on the Wolves a lot lately. And I really want that to change because it's not helping anything. You talk about in the NFL how the offensive player has this huge advantage. 
And in the def- in the in the NBA, I think in many cases it's the same. But if we're going to start making calls like this, they better actually be legit. And in this case, just a really really bad call. And this continues, uh, you know, some egregious calls recently in Wolves games. I'm hoping that sooner th- sooner than later that changes and we start getting a better officiating. But it's the NBA, so that seems unlikely. Kings are able to build an eight-point lead, but thankfully Towns answers with a three, and all of a sudden that's 28 games in a row. So how about that? He is able to continue one of his streaks. Now, is he able to get points on the board? Is he going to be able to keep that 25-plus point streak that he has currently against the Kings? Wolves D, more specifically Towns, is exactly what is keeping the Wolves in this game. You're starting to see him on both ends be able to be productive, whether it's hitting the three, whether it's playing really, really good defense. He continues to be solid as far as getting blocks, moves his feet well, and that is a trend we're starting to see, like we talked about from Wiggins, but from Towns as well. Rocco still does not look like himself. There's a play where the ball gets tipped out towards the half line. It looks like Robert Covington could have easily gotten it, but not much hustle from him. And then a few plays later, a bad chuck, and he and he just throws up a prayer three. No clue what he was thinking. Maybe he thought he got fouled, but it just looked bad. And this adds to, again, Rocco just doesn't look like himself. With three minutes to go, the Wolves are now down 10 points. Kings look like the better team. And the Wolves do call a timeout, but so far, Wolves' timeouts aren't making a difference as they're not able to really get much going. And the Kings, again, look like the much better team. Outside of the timeout, Kings eventually able to build it to 11. Fatigue refuses to stop dribbling. Turns it over, and an alley-oop makes it 13. And that is what it ends up being at the half. Again, Kings are the much better team in this one. And it's not it's really not all that close. And it's not that the Wolves aren't giving effort, but they just, I don't know, they just don't look like they have it in them to take this game. Going into the second half, again, Ryan Saunders is the interviewee by Fox Sports North. Talks about transition D being super important. Considering how fast these Kings teams play, it's going to be important for us to operate and to change this game into more of a half-court game if we're going to have a chance. He wants the team to just, in general, be more solid, cut better, and take some pride on defense. You want to go out there and just decide, we're going to make stops. We are not going to let this Kings team beat us and score on us. We are going to be the tougher team. And Ryan Saunders is right. If you're going to have any chance of winning this game, that's going to be paramount when you're down by 13 already. And as we sh- saw in the Warriors game, you can play great basketball for three and a half quarters if you want to, but if you're going to let these teams go on runs, it's not going to matter. Wolves do get a much-needed three right as the half starts. Good defense, and all of a sudden, that good defense transitions into a number of great offensive plays. Good back and forth, but all of a sudden, 9-0 run. Wolves are down to just four points, 63-59. They have the ball as they get more good defense, get another stop. Kings call a timeout. After another two, it is 63-61. What a start for the Wolves in this second half. We're doing exactly what we've let other teams do in some of the recent games, and it's good to see that change of the, changing of the guard. Teague then drives on Belly, dishes it to Towns for the three, and boom, just like that. Wolves up by one. A fantastic start to this third quarter. Unfortunately, Belly answers right back, a deep three, and how about this, 17 points total. And again, we don't do what we need to do on offense. They get the ball back, and another Belly three. 
20 points, and the revenge game is in full effect. We have no answer for Belly. And a lot of it is the fact that he's able to take threes from so deep. There's a specific play in this one where he takes a, a huge three over Taj Gibson, and Taj Gibson's face is just like, are you serious? And I'm telling you, this is what the Wolves could have gotten. Belly is currently sixth in the NBA in three-point shooting percentage. The Wolves could have had this. But instead, we're stuck with Tom Thibodeau, who, for whatever reason, never believed in Belly. In fact, in this game, his goal is to go at Belly as much as possible, whether it's in the post, just taking it to him. Belly's not a bad defender, but I think if you go at him enough, it's like a, a decent corner in the NFL. You go after a guy enough, and he gets exposed. And you see that a little bit in this game, but if you can't stop him, who's really winning out in this one? It's Belly, of course. Wolves missing way too many easy, and I mean easy, jump shots in this one. D is getting lax, and just like that, Kings are on a 9-0 run, and they're up 6 again. Charge and Rose together again come in at the same time, 5 minutes and 30 seconds, just like in the first half. That's going to be something to watch for going forward in, in future games. You wonder if this is kind of a, like we talked before, a changing of a guard, as you will. Maybe we're going to start seeing different subbing patterns because Thibs wants to find a way to make this work. Jumping in to look at our simulation, four minutes left in the second quarter. Suns are only up one point, fourteen to thirteen. What you see in the NBA is good teams find ways to win, and the Wolves doing just what you see from like let's say future, sorry past Spurs teams, where you maybe let a bad team get a lead and eventually you just decide to take it over. Hopefully that's what the Wolves are doing, not only in the simulation but in the actual game as well. Shumpert, technical foul, comes up closely after that. Teague gets three free throws. What happens is Teague drives the lane. He gets fouled by Belly. And after that, as he kind of goes in for a shot, which wouldn't have counted anyways, you get a swipe from Shumpert, and he hits Teague in the face. They do end up giving him a technical for that. No ill will. He ran right over to Teague and apologized. It was completely accidental. And, of course, what happens? But Teague continues to disappoint, misses one of the free throws. I get it, two of three. Not the worst thing in the world, but when you are fighting, you need those points. 81-77, the Kings are up at this point in the game. Towns' defense and Rhodes' and Rose's speed gets it to within two for the Timberwolves. Again, they're fighting so hard in this one, they just can't seem to find a way to get over the hump and take a lead. The effort is there, but much like in the Warriors game, I do feel like the Wolves look outmatched. Like the Kings just have a different level that the Wolves, for some reason, just can't get to. Wiggins then hits a super deep three. And again, they're able to keep it close as one minute left. And then Sarich is also able to hit a three. And just like that, it's a one-point game, 91-90. to The Wolves are going to have to find a way to keep this up in the fourth quarter. With 11 minutes left in that fourth quarter and in the game, 98-96, the Kings are up. They hit another three, making it 13 for the game, only eight for the Wolves. And how about this? Wolves only 15 attempts. So Wolves have hit greater than 50% of their attempts in this game. And it's so frustrating because we talked about how for a large stretch, the Wolves were trending in that right direction. You're talking like 29, maybe 30 takes. They were starting to trend in the right direction. And then all of a sudden, these last few games, we talk about how the Wolves haven't played their best brand of basketball. And part of that is the fact that they're not shooting the same amount of threes. And until we get back to Timberwolves basketball, Timberwolves modern basketball, I should say, I think that's going to be a huge issue. And that has to change. Kings then hit another three. 
and that's 104 to 96 as they build their lead up to eight points again. 109-97 is what it ends up being next. Kings are on a huge run. Wolves bench definitely struggling, and they do not look like themselves. We talk about how the Wolves bench has been so solid, not just on offense, but on defense as well. And in this game, they just don't have it. A specific sequence is Tyus gets a really bad turnover, and Kings get an easy bucket. And that's told the story of a lot of this game, where the Wolves just making lots of mistakes, and the Kings are able to capitalize. Rocco then chucks... Another bad three-pointer. Kings in transition, a wide-open three, hit that to make it 17 makes. And then, boom, they hit another one, and that's 18 makes. Now a blowout with seven left. They are up by 17 points. Look at this statistic. At this stage in the game, in the fourth quarter, six of seven from the three-point line are the Kings just in the fourth quarter. So in the fourth, they almost have as many makes as we have in the entire game. If you want to know why the Wolves are struggling in this one and why they might lose it, this is why. Because you are completely getting blown out, specifically from the three-point line, but in the game in general. And that is something you have to change. Wolves have to get up three-point shots. They 100% have to do it. With one minute left in the first half in the sub, in the simulation, it is 1917. Wolves are down. Trevor Ariza is at the line. Saric is able to hit a three then. Obviously, this game is starting to get out of reach, but anything you can do to stay in it for a little longer is huge. Saric hits a three. What's great is his form still looks really, really good. There was that stretch where it wasn't real consistent, but now you're starting to see his form coming back, and it's been consistent, and it looks really good when he shoots it. Wolves down just 14. Towns, though, steps out of bounds looking for a corner three, and that tells you the story of this game. Just little mistakes, the big difference between what the Kings have been able to do and what the Wolves have not been able to do. And again, that's a big story of this one. How about this? 59 bench points for the Kings. Wolves, though, 51. So it isn't, I mean, you're getting good production, and just no defense, and that's that's what's killing us. Towns, though, able to get an and one as it is just 11 points now with four minutes to go. We jumped ahead a little bit as far as simulation is concerned, and the Wolves are, in terms of 2K anyways, they're getting blown out by the Suns. This is not a good sign for the virtual Wolves as they are down 33-23 to 23 in this game I with 3.51 left in the third. This is ugly. The only thing I'll say is 2K19 over the last few games simulations has been wrong. So hopefully a loss in 2K19 equals a win in real life. Here's an interesting update on the Wolves game. All of a sudden, Carl Towns starts hacking Willie Cauley-Stein, and we have exactly what you'd think, hack a Willie Cauley-Stein. You don't see hacka too much anymore because a lot of players are starting to adjust where they're getting better at free throws, or you have coaches adjust where they're not playing those specific players. But we tried here, and he misses both. You had earlier Jim Peterson was wondering why Towns is out around the three-point line, and he was complaining as Willie Cauley-Stein takes it in and scores easy. Well, the reason is he clearly fouls Willie Cauley-Stein on purpose, and the refs just choose not to call it. So that's a huge difference maker because we're talking about how it's an 11-point game. What if it's not? What if it's a nine-point game because we fouled him and he misses those shots? Because here he is. He misses the first two, including airballing one of them. So it's one of those things where Jim Pete even mentions, maybe you got to tell the official ahead of time. Now, you shouldn't have to do that. You shouldn't have to do the official's job for him. But it can't hurt to make them aware of what you're doing. You then 
have Teague make a layup off of those Willie Cauley-Stein misses, and it's a nine-point game. Wolves currently on a 9-2 to run. I know that the game is likely over, but I love that the Wolves are fighting, and they're trying to at least get back into it if they can. Willie Cauley-Stein gets hacked again, and 0-4. for 4. Teague then gets an amazing dunk. Look at this. It's a seven-point game, but what happens? The, the referees decide to get involved. Call a T on Jeff Teague for having a motion. Why doesn't that happen when James Harden does it? Why doesn't that happen when LeBron James does it? Why does it not happen when, how about this, Buddy Heald earlier in the game dunks it, hangs on the rim for 10 seconds like it's, a, like it's Prince uh, and, and the blouse game from Dave Chappelle. Why is that okay? And at this point in the game, shame on you, NBA, and shame on the officials because you can't make that call I don't care what he's – no, I mean, that's not true. I guess there's something he could have said, and you have to wonder what he said, but it sure looks like he's showing some emotion. He's getting heated, and it better have been something really bad if you're going to make a call like that. I just I find it hard to believe Jeff Teague said something so offensive that the referee had to call a technical there, and it really bugs me. How about this, though? Wolves continue to push – 13-3 run, and the Wolves are able to get it within six after both great defense and Wiggins, aggressive Wiggins, gets a transition bucket. So we talk about how the game's all the way up to a 17-point lead earlier in the fourth. It looks like it's all but lost. I appreciate the Wolves showing some passion, but as Jim P points out, where was that passion earlier in the quarter? Where was that aggression earlier in the quarter? If you're going to beat teams, I don't care what team they are, good or bad, you need to be aggressive or you have no chance. Speaking of which, jumping back into our live 2K19 simulation, Wolves, it's, there's a little over five minutes left. Wolves are down 39-32. to 32. The virtual Wolves need to realize if they have any chance of winning this one, they got to step it up. And just as I say that, Dario Saric with the steal, a transition bucket from Jeff Teague, who, shocker, clanks it. But thank goodness Taj Gibson is there, gets the shot, and it's 39-34, just under five to go in the fourth. So, again, Wolves went on a 13-3 run against the Kings in this one. Six points, great defense, and a Wiggins transition bucket. It is a six-point game. Wolves, though, refuse to defensive rebound. This has been a problem for a while now. And on two straight possessions, the Wolves refused to defensive rebound, one of which was Towns just not getting in front of his man. Marvin Bagley gets an easy basket. They get second-chance points on both those possessions, both of which should have been stops. And all of a sudden, it really feels like the game might be over. But surprisingly, despite being lazy on the defensive end, rebounding the basketball, it is 131-25, a five-point game with 150 left. The Wolves do have a chance. And it's, it's surprising it's a five-point game, but this is the closest it's been in a while. But of course, what happens next? But Belly himself, the revenge game Belly, hits a huge three. And that sets the Kings' franchise record of 19 three-pointers made in a game. More does happen throughout this game. But honestly, that's really all she wrote. And that's where we close it off. Really unfortunate that the Wolves could not put together a better effort consistently. Too many runs by the Kings. Too many falters by the Wolves. Think about that. If the Wolves just get those stops instead of letting up second-chance points, instead of 130 to 125, now we're talking it's you know 125 to 126, and what a different game it would feel like at that point. And if you take away that garbage technical foul, it's a tie game at that point. And that just tells you how it's, it's the butterfly effect. One tiny little thing can make such a big difference. 
just defensive rebound the basketball, and you have a shot at winning this one. To me, it's not that difficult, but the Wolves continue to struggle. Box four, we jump back in to 2K19, and we have in the background here our simulation. Wolves were down by as much as 10-plus, able to cut it back, getting tons of stops. It is a one-point game with four, let's see, 31 seconds to go. Taj Gibson just fouled. One of the Phoenix Suns, uh, TJ Warren, who is a pretty good free throw shooter. It is 43-45 as he makes the first. Can he make the second? Take it to a three-point lead. He does. So 31 seconds left. Timberwolves are down 46-43. Again, now Tom Thibodeau does call timeout. This is looking very much like the real Wolves where... We just get in too big of a hole, and we can't end up overcoming that deficit. And we're seeing it in this one. We were consistently down in this game, and all of a sudden, at the end, we're aggressive on defense, we're getting rebounds, we're playing at a much higher level. You have to be able to do that consistently. So credit 2K19, by the way, for being this accurate, although I hope this doesn't actually happen against the Suns. I'm not sure what's happening right now. Towns is holding on to the basketball. Now we do have Jeff T just standing there doing nothing. As we're down three, he drives in, misses a, a shot in the paint. Not a layup, but he does miss a pretty easy shot just inside the free throw line. And the Suns get it. We have to foul. It is 46-43. And that, you know, that's pretty much looking like all she wrote. The Anthony Melton is at the free throw line right now for the Suns. He puts them up. Oh, he misses a second. So it's a four-point game, 47-43. The Phoenix Suns are beating the Timberwolves, again, 11.7 seconds left in this simulation. We'll come back at it. We'll jump into the box score while we're waiting for this game to finish. Looking at the box score of the Kings-Wolves game, final, by the way, 141 to 130. We will start with, unfortunately, the losers. Timberwolves, mostly a lot of minuses in this one. Andrew Wiggins, though, was a plus two. Now, I don't like the four turnovers. I don't like just two rebounds. I don't like one assist. What I do like, 25 points on 10 of 15 shooting, two for five from the three-point line. I wouldn't have you know, minded a little better three-point percentage, but the box score does not show this, but he really, really played great defense in this one. He did have two steals, uh, no blocks, but really played well, but a plus two. Uh, him and Jeff Teague were the only players in this one that were plus for the Timberwolves. I'm not going to sit here and claim that Jeff Teague played some amazing game, but 12 points, 13 assists, that's pretty nice. Although, how about this, 3 of 11 from the field for Jeff Teague? No, that leaves a bad taste in your mouth. Looking at the uh, other guys, Carl Towns, unfortunately, could not keep his streak alive as he scores just 19 points. Did get 11 rebounds, 4 assists, and 3 blocks, but he was a minus 1. We talk about how Robert Covington has not been himself. How about the plus-minus? Again, that does not tell the whole story, but minus 14 in this one. No assists, six rebounds. He had no steals, no blocks, six of 13 from the field. 17 points is pretty nice on the surface, but just one of two from three, four or five from the free throw line. Watching this game, Robert Covington did not feel like himself. Minus 16, though, for Tyus Jones off the bench. You definitely need better production for him. Just two points again. We need more. Dario Sarge, though, was fantastic. He looked really good. He's such a good defender, such a good player on offense, makes good cuts. Six boards, three assists in this one, no turnovers and a steal. 18 points on six of nine shooting. We need that to continue. 
for the team to be successful. By the way, looking at our simulation, the Wolves were stopped and unfortunately had to foul again. And you have Phoenix 48-43, 49-43, and with 10 seconds left, it's looking like that game is over. Moving over to the Sacramento Kings side of the ball, you have almost every single player on the team was a plus, except for De'Aaron Fox, surprisingly, was a minus three, although did not have a, a great game. Four turnovers, eight assists only, 13 points. You know, we talk about how over the last seven games, he's averaged about 20 points a game. We were able to stop him, which is very, very surprising. You know what we couldn't stop, though? Look at these stats. Beelitz at 25 points on four of nine shooting. Bogdan Bogdanovich, 20 points. Marvin Bagley, the third, 17 points. Yogi Ferrell had 17 points. Four of four from three-point land. You want to know why you lost this game? That's a big part of it. And you got to defend the three-point line way better than this. And I get that some of those shots were were difficult to defend. You know, Bielitsa takes very difficult shots sometimes. Real deep, I should say. But Buddy Heald, five of eight. You got to defend the three-point line better than this. And if you don't, you're going to continue to lose games. And things have to change sooner than later if the Wolves are going to right the ship on this one. Good news is we've got a stretch here where we're playing some easier teams. The Wolves, now depending on where you look, have had the third toughest schedule in the league, according to ESPN, fifth toughest according to basketball reference. So in both cases, it's been a struggle. But now they have about, I think it's seven games now where there's some winnable games, including another matchup against the Kings coming uh, in a few games here when we're taking the Kings on where? But at Target Center. And this is your chance to right the ship. This is your chance to get going in the right direction. How about we win five of those seven games? Maybe it win all seven. How about that? That'd be even better. But let's get above 500 and let this team go in the right direction. Again, you've been listening to Dash Radio's Nothing in That Channel. We are the Howl, and that's going to do it for this episode. Again, you can find us, if you missed part of this, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Podient, as well as now on Spotify and anywhere else great podcasts are found. And until next time, let me get a howl. Introducing the Roadcaster Pro Podcast Production Studio. The Roadcaster Pro is a true world-first all-in-one console solution for podcasters of all levels. Featuring four microphone channels, Bluetooth, USB, and TRRS inputs, eight color-coded sound effect pads, four high-power headphone outputs, and more. The Roadcaster Pro is professional podcasting made easy. Available in stores this December. Visit www.road.com for more information. Once again, that's www.rode.com.